Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. You guys, let me know exactly what you're feeling right now with the Kirby Doc trade, because I think it's paying off in spades, and I was worried about it at first. Nicola, you go first. In the meantime, I will fix the video. Well, it's funny, Mark, because I was pretty skeptical. I was actually at the draft in Montreal, and um, I was talking to Mark Lazarus, who covers the, the Blackhawks for The Athletic, yeah. and himself told me some things that, well, made me made me worry about the trade, uh, quite honestly, because uh, Kirby Doc was a player in Chicago uh, who, in the first two zones, was incredible, uh, incredible ends, mm-hmm. and he couldn't make plays but he could not find a way to score. And I guess it's fine for a playmaker, but in this league, if you don't have a complete skill set, you get exposed to these NHL defensemen. So uh, yes, yes, I was worried, but well, since, since he came uh, to Montreal, in the first two uh, I'm, I'm actually amazed by, well, we knew about his vision, yeah. but I think he, has a, he, has, he, he added some element of uh, unpredictability to his game, and he does make an effort to shoot a little bit uh, shoot a little bit more but i mean he completes suzuki and caulfield so well but what what a uh, what an amazing piece to that like that line that has the potential to be seven years of of good top line hockey absolutely but there's still something i'm not convinced about right now because the plan was for doc to slot in as the second centerman of this team Mm -hmm. and this was perfect the perfect scenario from for montreal because behind suzuki well there wasn't a, a whole lot at center uh, but now that he slots in the first line, uh, he's kind of like if you if you're looking at the long term outlook, he's where uh, Slavkovsky is supposed to be in a couple of years. So well, while it's true that it's fun to see him excel at the as a winger, uh, at some point he might have to figure it out as a center also. Yeah, I you know it's funny because that was the chat. By the way, they're all happy. We can see everyone and hear everyone. So I made it. Um, I had to call my grandson for tech support, so sorry about that. He uh, took a little while to, and also good call. I'm gonna have to do my ad copy. But the good news is everything's working, just kind of like everything's working on that top line. I'm gonna throw this to you, Aaron. Are you worried about Doc losing out on being on the whole developmental angle as a center? Absolutely I, not. That okay? That's where I'm going with it. Because you know what? You can learn faceoffs at another day, right? I mean, hey, he's still getting points. Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but. The 2023 draft has about 12 centers that are going to be better than Kirby Doc. Like oh. this draft okay. is so deep. <laughs> yeah. not, not better players than Kirby Doc, but better centers because of how okay. effective Kirby Doc has been on the wing. But our second line center is coming in 2023. I'm not worried about it at all. You, you already have them penciled in there? <laughs> I, I have 2023 draft pick penciled in there already. I don't think Slavkovsky is ever going to be that guy for Suzuki and Caulfield. Mm. I think he's going to be on a completely different line. I'm not even entirely convinced Suzuki and Caulfield are going to stay together forever, but this season has kind of proved me wrong Ooh. there. Slow down. Slow down. That's a, that's a hot <laughs> take. Jesus. But, but, uh, but I think the coaching, what Nicola brings up with the, the center, I think the coaching and management still do see him as a center, right? So it will eventually... They do. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, the only thing I'm saying, guys, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not going to figure it out, but it's not a given because we no. haven't seen it yet from him at the center position. Remember, he started... He started the season not that strong in the center position, and, and he really took off as a winger. So still remains to be seen in my eyes. I believe in his potential, 
but we haven't seen it yet at the center position. No, exactly. We're going to say hi to the chat. He's the best uh, playmaker on our team. We're going to go back because they missed all my, my nice preamble. I was doing poetry there. You all missed it. It was I wrote this great poem. Uh, Andrew's not here. He's actually hosting Game Over Calgary. So do whatever you want in the chat. It's 100% up to you. And you guys get to pick the third segment. So we're talking about Kirby Doc right now. And I'm going to do another quick uh, ad read. I'm going to make sure that our sponsors are happy because... I now realize that I was muted the entire time, so that's not going to work out. So give me just one moment, and we're going to get going with another ad read. And after that, guys, I think we're going to talk about Nick Suzuki. Because Nick Suzuki, in my opinion, has just blown all expectations out of the water. And I'm excited to see, you know, if he can take that next step to become an elite NHL player. So think about that, and we're going to get going with the ad copy. Want to bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction Canada Sportsbook. The NFL's in full swing. World Cup coming up. Croatia coming up on Sunday. They're not very happy with John Herdman over there, but it should be a great game. Uh, hockey season, as you saw, well underway. You can bet pregame, live, in play, and there's also a ton of prop bets. So, for example, will Caulfield outscore Matthews? Will Suzuki outscore Matthews? I don't know if they have that one, but... They should probably look into it. It's made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteractions.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteractions.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. So now that I have you guys back here, uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about Nick Suzuki's evolution. I, I I know there's a shooting percentage. I get that. I get he's scoring on every fourth shot in the power play, but does he have the potential to end up being a uh, you know a, a an elite? I like I'm talking top ten player in the NHL. Yeah. Well, well, Mark. Uh, right now he's on pace for what like a hundred points. Well, and uh, just just as an anecdote, I like the inside of Guy Boucher usually, but wasn't when is it, it him that last year said that on a Stanley Cup winning team, he's a third line centerman. This is some take that aged like milk. And honestly, I had some takes about Nick Suzuki as well. Mm. Uh, in the past, I believe uh, that Suzuki was was going to be some kind of second line centerman, uh, a la David Krejci, like uh, Claude Julien alluded to. But mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think. I think he can become a first-line centerman. He's not going to produce 100 points. He's not going to uh, follow along that pace. But he certainly can produce year-to-year uh, -year about 75 to 80 points, I believe. 75 to 80 points. I'm with you there. Yeah. While, do you think, well, could he actually do that with maintaining his almost Selkie-like play in the defensive zone? Absolutely. I don't really think he's had selfie like play in the defensive zone this year. Not this year, no. He's he's had good play in the defensive zone. But kind of when we're talking about that top line, we had Doc, who's the best playmaker on the team, with Kafel and Suzuki. Mm -hmm. And there was another playmaker and a sniper. Now it feels like there's two snipers on that line because Suzuki just can't stop scoring. Well, I mean, he's still what? That was his 12th goal there? Uh, this? <laughs> he's yeah. still scoring. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, is this a guy that you think we'll be talking about as like, uh, you know, when we do the list for top 10 players, how long would it take him to get there? Well, is he going to get there? I don't know. I don't I think mean, he's going to get there. The NHL, the NHL is a competitive league. When you're yeah. talking about top 10 players, you have 
you have uh, are we talking about forwards or all the players because you have mcdavid you have mccarr you have mckinnon crosby still there i mean there's just so many great players in the nhl you can even throw like guys like panarin in there so it's really hard to get into that elite tier i mean there are a lot of very good players in the nhl but yeah. just so few elite players in my opinion and connor bedard is going to be on that list pretty soon that I like how Aaron's already adding everyone from the upcoming draft to the to the lineup. It's it's my it's my way. And if we want to talk about the upcoming draft, mm-hmm. look at the standings and yeah. look at where Florida is compared to Montreal. I cannot believe. Are they tied right now? I didn't check after the game. I think they're that, tied. That pick is unprotected. Like there's no criteria that 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 are that is saving them. From not giving that pick, it is unprotected, loud and clear. Which, I mean, that might be... All right, so we're going to get into the trades in just one bit. Claire has to go. You got to see us for a few minutes. Like I say, I'm really good at this. Um, I'm really good at setting things up perfectly before we go live, apparently. But it was Montreal. They're asking about the score. It was Montreal 3-2 in the shootout. And just as if Disney wrote it, Kirby Doc uh, clinched it in overtime. So that was pretty exciting. We've talked about Kirby Doc. We've talked about Nick Suzuki. Let's talk a little bit about the guys that are starting to heat up. Uh, Sean Monahan to assist. We saw Pierre Lebrun mentioned that he's going to be on the trade market. Frank Saravelli mentioned it. Could the Canadians somehow squeeze two first round picks out of Sean Monahan, who had two assists tonight? No, no, I mean, like, in addition to the other one. I'll let you go, Aaron, but I believe two first-round picks would be a stretch, even if you retain some money. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, in addition to the one that Calgary already paid. Like, can they get another first-round pick? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely can. Uh, And they're going to retain some salary, I believe, so they're going to pull it off. Yeah. Sean Monaghan, I mean, he's not a specialist. Uh, the, what the the contenders are looking like at mm-hmm. the deadline, if they wanna if they wanna get over the hump, uh, uh, you, most of the times are complete players, players that can compute, contribute in all three zones. Yeah. And Sean Monahan is that. And those players, unlike the specialists like Thomas Vanek, at some point was traded every trade deadline for like a fourth or a, uh, a third round pick. But those those guys that are complete players, they can fetch usually. A first round pick. I mean, Antoine Vernet fetched a first round pick for the uh, when he was traded to the uh, to the Blackhawks back in the days. So, so if he gets another first round pick, Aaron, that this goes down as one of the best trades in recent hockey history, right? The whole oh, Sean Monahan dossier, right? I mean, that is robbery. That is absolutely robbery. I'm actually going to flip over to YouTube because I keep losing the video because I'm good. Oh, there we are. We're still on live. We're still on live. That's fantastic. But I think this has the potential. Oh man, I don't want to exaggerate, but to be one of the best trades in franchise history. Not maybe not as in good as less the Ken- Ben Sherrod. Yeah, not just as a top five pick. Yeah, that's fair too. And I, I don't, I don't know if Florida will really. Fi- yeah, they've got good underlying numbers. That's the thing with Florida. They're at like 60- they, they'd have to win the lottery. Yeah, but either way, this trade has the potential to set up the franchise. Like you're looking at two extra first round picks for one player. That's incredible. Like I'm, I'm blown away at how good Kent Hughes' trades have seemed so far. How do you rate him, Nicola? I don't think he's lost a single trade. The only one that's like, eh, was the Lekkonen trade. But um, well, he's been the good. The thing is, is I'm, I'm trying to, to, to sound objective there because obviously you're not going to find anyone that's saying Kent Hughes has been doing a bad job for the Canadians. But mm. uh, So he, he has a plan. 
and he's following along that plan. He has a vision, a clear vision. So I'll give him that. When Bergevin was at the helm, he was making good trades, but in retrospect, you didn't really know where he was going with those trades sometimes. But I give it to Kent Hughes. He seems to follow a clear path. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you, you almost cannot critique a GM that is operating during a rebuild because he, he almost cannot do anything wrong because you're not expecting anything out of him. So yes, I will say Kent Hughes is doing a terrific job right now, but we can only judge in what, like four or five years. I think the only one is I think we bit too soon on uh, Talat Foley, but still that was an it was an amazing return. If we had made it another month, maybe it would have been a little better. It ended but, up uh, being I what? Like There's still Heinemann is still a pretty decent prospect, right? So, yeah. so I, I Heinemann, Mashar, yeah. and Tyler Pitlick. Yeah, and I mean, over, overall, he's also lining up for a pretty good deadline. Um, you know, we saw today. That okay. My question, and we're gonna throw it back to the chat. Are the Habs going to sell at the deadline still? Because there's the rule, right? If you're near a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving, really good odds you'll make the playoffs. I don't see why you would throw away the whole rebuild. But if they're in a playoff position, you kind of can't start selling off pieces, right? So so do they stick to the plan no matter what, Nicola? Well, well two things, Mark. Okay, first, you saw in the last two games against pretty middling teams, the Canadians are not flat out dominating the Blackhawks. They're not flat out dominating the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're in every game, but they never quite take over. Mm -hmm. So I think what you see is what you get these days. I mean, in, in the at the beginning of the season, there were some expectations because of how well they were playing and how they, they were able to, to get wins out of thin air. But the thing is, uh, we're getting some kind of a reality check these days with the Canadians. And well, they might be fighting for a playoff spot right now, but they're not going to be fighting for a playoff spot at the deadline. That no. is my honest opinion. They don't have enough firepower uh, up front. They have only one line rolling for them, so it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna bite them. Uh, exactly. At some point. And the second thing, if you're the Canadians, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the plan changes. If you're fighting for a playoff spot among the top three teams in your division, yeah, not just the wild not card, yeah, fighting for a wild card spot, yeah, fair you enough. don't, you don't, you don't buy or you don't, you don't like hold off the plan to sell just because you're fighting for a wild card spot. Okay. I mean, that's that would be a absolutely strategy for me because anything can happen, and those wild card spots, man. Uh, they they can be uh, they can be decided at the very end of the season. We, we saw that one year recently with the Canadians. I believe it was 2018, 2019. I mean, they had something like what, like 96 points, didn't make the playoffs. So mm -hmm. uh, imagine if they decided to buy that one year. No, you yeah. look Jeff Gorton with uh, the New York Rangers. They weren't a terrible team, and then he put yeah. them through a rebuild. So exactly. I think Ken Hughes and Jeff Gorton are smart enough. To know that analytically we're not great. We have no secondary scoring. And, we don't and have any in the chat, uh, Rock Smasher just mentioned that Montembeau, let's be honest, he's been a band-aid on this season. Samuel Montembeau is probably the biggest reason why the Habs are where they are right now. And and I'm talking with Suzuki and Caulfield. Like, Montembeau has been mind-blowingly good. And, and you can't count on that for the rest of the year, right? I have my fingers crossed. I love that guy. Oh, so do I. It's such a great story, especially our Quebecois, you know, coming in and off waivers. Let's be honest, Nicolas, when, when Montabo came and he signed that extension, 
we were all thinking, and by the way, Motabo again had a great game. Anyone's asking the chat, he was fantastic. I honestly thought that was a tank move uh, to sign him for the next two years. Like, honestly, I really did. But Motabo is becoming almost like a De Arnais style amazing story. It's, it's, well, it's fantastic. You have to remember when Motabo was signed, Caden uh, Primo was on the was on the heels of epic yeah. uh, of an epic playoff run with yeah. Laval. So some of us thought, well, that might be time for Primo to take over as the second as the second goaltender behind Jake Allen. So uh, so even at the camp, Montembeau had something to prove. But honestly, he's surprising me because I didn't expect that at all. I I, I wondered if he was an NHL caliber goaltender to start with, but he's certainly proving that. And and Aaron, I know you're the biggest Montabo fan around, right? Like you're you're trading Jake it. Allen tomorrow if you get a call, right? Oh, absolutely, because <laughs> Montem look, he's not the future in net, but people forget he started the most games for us last season. He started 38, Allen started 36. Mm -hmm. He was he was thrown he was thrown into that gig last year. He was injured for most of the season. It was with an awful team in front of him with absolutely no good coaching. Now he has an opportunity to actually have some structure with the defense that's improved, gotten way younger, but improved from last year. Mm -hmm. And he's very athletic and he's very smart. So he's not Carey Price, but he's going to make some really cool saves. And he's going to be a dependable guy to start 30 games a season. Which well, I will say, go ahead. When he was claimed off waivers, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the stats didn't sell him off as this great player. No, but no. in the hockey community, uh, among the scouts, among all these evaluators of talent, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of people that were high on, Mont on Montabo behind the scenes because of his athleticism, because of the qualities you mentioned. Like when you see a save percentage of 895, it doesn't look great. It's only really when it's yeah. under 850 that you have to start worrying. A lot of these leagues are just way harder on Well, goals. Well, go if anyone wants to see something funny, um, go look up Patrick Roy's stats with the Bison de Grand B when the Habs ended up uh, drafting him. They were pretty much the worst <laughs> stats in the league. So yeah. I agree with that. And the chat is loving the, the, the Montembeau praise. I think he's just an easy guy to cheer for too, right? He's like a golden retriever on the ice making pucks, stopping pucks. So I've been really impressed with him. Don't forget, chat, you guys get to pick the third segment. So are we talking about mangoes or putsin or hockey? But like mostly mangoes and putsin or Lyle Odeline. Uh, we have Phil in the chat right now. We also have Andre and Blessed Believer and Alexi. Uh, I want to talk about the defenseman. So we saw today Joel Edmondson. That, I mean, that was nice. Is he a power forward? I don't know. Um, I think you circle him as a guy that you're also going to be pushing at the deadline. Now, I don't want to trade away everyone, and this is two game overs in a row where I'm trading away everyone, but if I'm the Canadians, Joel Edmondson's right up there because teams are going to be looking for him at the deadline, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I follow what you're saying, Mark, because of the rotation right now, and uh, at some point, Jack I was the odd man out, and you're wondering if it's a good thing, but you're one injury away from thinking, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have traded Joel Edmondson, you know? Yeah, that's I, I disagree there because we have Jordan Harris scratched right now. Yeah, I, I mean, would take Jordan yeah, Harris over Joel Edmondson. Now, now, I think you also have to that realize... That's never a bad thing when you're developing young defensemen. Because yeah. let's say one of these go through a rough stretch. So, And when you have veterans that can back them up and can take some heat off of them, can take some ice time, it's always a good thing I mean, in we my have Chris Weidman. 
Well, that's but what I was gonna argue. I, I think Weidman's been the best veteran between those two. I'll be. I know he doesn't shoot on the power play, but you're not gonna get any value for him, right? But what Nicolas says is very, very wise because we're talking about 21 games here and four rookies have done well above expectations. So if you take away that safety net, you're not worried about that one bit, Aaron? So Kovacevic and Guli already play very professional games and then we'll still have Savard and Matheson. Mm -hmm. Then you're really, you're with Harris, you're with Jackye and then we have a few guys in Laval. Barron's looked really good in Laval. We have yeah. a guy like Otto Leskinen or Corey Schooneman to call up if we need to. So I don't think that Edmondson has that much of a hole. Like, I, no, I don't think he'd be missed that much. That leaves you with, like, two or three veterans at the blue line during a rebuild. Yeah, and, and, and there's also the part, I know I'm all about analytics and data and, you know, anything else like that, but there is something to be said about locker room, uh, the, you know, men mentors, leadership. Yeah, that's true. They, like, and well, I know... They were humans just like us. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, it. And I know that Edmondson was walking around with Gooley in the preseason while, uh, you know, showing him around the bells. Like, I know yeah. it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, it, it is important to have those guys that have been there, you know. There's an old French saying, si est bon dans la chambre, on laisse dans la chambre, but, there, which means if he's good in the room, leave him in the room. But I honestly do think with how young this decor is, you have to weigh the, the, the leadership value of Joel Edmonton. But if somebody offers you a Sherratt package, you, you have to take it. Je m'en vais à Trudeau. I'm going to drive him straight to the air. <laughs> hey, yeah, gonna... yeah. I mean, there's always a what-if scenario. Sure. My, I mean, Gretzky was traded, so. Yeah, I know. I But you know what? I hate that saying Gretzky was traded, and I get it. Uh, Nicola, everyone uses it. Man, it's yeah. like saying any town can have an NFL football team because Green Bay has one, you know? Like, <laughs> once in a while. But, okay, they're saying in the chat here, we're going to talk. You know, what, you know what I was trying to say. Oh, no, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, no, anything can happen. And I think, Nicola, en plus, you're looking at teams get desperate for Joel Edmondson's at the deadline. Like, every single GM in this league would want a Joel Edmondson, I think, honestly. Yeah. The the chat is is right in the middle. They're saying go full kids or keep them forever. So there's, I think that's the internal discussion we're going to have uh, with the Montreal Canadiens. And, and and I think they're going to probably fall closer to what Nicola, his, his, his train of thought in this particular situation, just because I mean, they're so young. One thing that convinced me is that before Madison came back, Gooley was starting to lose steam. Mm -hmm. He was starting to get tired. He had a, he had a very heavy load. So that 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 really reminds you about the importance of veterans that can That's take fair. some heat off of those young defensemen because it's a hard league and the sample is still small. Yeah, no, that's okay. absolutely fair. And and they're talking about the chat here as Chris Hansen said. <laughs> says, um, you know, they're not going to deviate. And I think we've seen that from Kent Hughes, even though, for example, today, great win. The Habs are one point out of a playoff spot at American Thanksgiving, uh, which is just absolutely nutty. Uh, I think Nick Suzuki is a top 10 goal scorer. I haven't checked recently, but uh, he is. things I'm are going quite well. But I agree with Chris here in the chat saying that they won't deviate, even though this is fun. It's great to see Caulfield score. It's great to see Suzuki score, but... It feels like they have a plan, and no matter what, they're going to stick to it. Right, Aaron? Yeah. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't. Because you look at New York now, and you look at what New York was in 2018, there's there's no reason to, to abandon ship now. Hey, and, and when we're talking about the rebuild, 
they're talking about in the chat with New York. I feel like Gordon kind of fast tracked that there. There were a few misses, a few misses on drafting, but overall, he he did a pretty good job getting New York right back on there. So I don't know if this is a long term rebuild for the Canadians. Like we saw tonight, the the people driving the play are twenty three and under. You know, your top line, the oldest guy is Nick Suzuki at twenty three. Um, your defense it can't even get into most bars, most casinos in, in the United States. So I feel like they're a little bit ahead of track with the overall rebuild. And as some people are mentioning, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But I don't think anyone would, would have thought at this point, quarter of the season in, Canadians are a 500 team, right? Yeah, well, it's funny you're saying that, Mark, because what fast-tracked the Rangers rebuild was, yes, Ernie Pernarin, but also mostly Adam Fox. And what is fast-tracking this rebuild for the Avs right now is kind of Caden Gooley. Yeah, and, and I mean, when we talk about Adam Fox, Aaron, who, who do I think about when I think about Adam Fox? Lane Hudson. Oh, no, but seriously, <laughs> no, I mean, can we? that's going to be another huge piece. Can you picture the decor that we had tonight? Okay, with Jordan Harris in it. And then you add Lane Hudson to the mix. Uh, can you just picture? Can you just picture replacing Whiteman by Hudson on the power play? Just boom, mind blown, <laughs> because right? Because Hudson, like I think two days ago, beat Adam Fox's goal record in the NCAA, and he did it in twenty last games. It's it's th- that is thank you, Brett he Kulak. Is so special. Brett Kulak did so much good for this team, and I remember I was in Laval when they traded. Who was it? Um, a Russian defender and uh, Matt Taromina. I forget who it was. Oh, Renat Valiev. And Matt Taromina. And I remember just trashing. I'm like, what a dumb trade. Bergevin with his bargain bin moves. Not only did Kulak give like five years of good hockey, he he, he lent Hudson as his parting gift. I mean, how we, we, meet, we need to build a statue to Brett Kulak in front of the Bell Center, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, can we talk about the new Kulak and Petrie? Because... We saw there was no Harris tonight. Um, do you think that there should be going back to the Kovacevic-Harris pairing? Or here's one thing I'd like to see, because tonight, let's be perfectly honest, Edmondson hasn't worked with very many of his partners or at all. Um, and it was a struggle with Gooley. I'd like to see Gooley beside one of the, the other rookies. Is that is that too crazy at this point? Because you sort of think, man, they've gotten to this point without screwing things up and it's been pretty risky they've been gambling on rookies but i think Gooley and one of the rookies would be a healthy healthy add to this team but then i'm worried about the kovacevic thing so where do you guys fall on finding Gooley a partner i think matheson's the right guy right now but i would love to see Gooley harris together yeah eh? Gooley harris what about what about you nicola Gooley harris well you're in a rebuild doesn't hurt to try if you see these skills are getting overwhelmed, you just respond by mixing things uh, things up again. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. But I think long term, our second pairing is Gulli Barron. Everybody's yeah. loving. Well, they're talking about Barron in the chat. And by the way, Andrew Jerkshire is there. Ah, oh, boo. Robert, can you ban him from the chat, please? I I I think David Saval has been great for Gulli, but at this point, you have to graduate him to 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 a guy that maybe has a little more of long term like a future yeah. with the team. but And I'm with Nicola there. When you mentioned that Gouli was getting tired, I thought I was seeing some exhaustion on his point, but they, they should probably bring his minutes down, right? Like, is it yeah. realistic to think he's going to play 25 minutes for the rest of his career? Like, no, is, this, no. like is, this, is this Chris Pronger all of a sudden? I feel like they've been pushing. Well, they didn't have a choice. But now that they do... 
with Madison being back, it were, it were, with uh, Edmondson being back in more depth at the blue line, mm -hmm. they won't. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna reduce his ice time, and thank God because I mean it's his first season in the NHL. The NHL is a completely different beast yeah. with the with a with a big calendar too. I mean, uh, these these junior players, oh yeah, they might play uh, a lot of games with Memorial Cup and all that, but nothing prepares you quite to the NHL. So. Uh, at some point, I know he's doing good as a rookie, but uh, there's there's uh, something to be said about too much usage. Something. Are you worried, Eric? Oh, and before we get to you, I'm going to throw a stat out there. There's only two other rookie defensemen that have played on average more often than Caden Gooley. Um, does the chat oh, know who those... Who, no, 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 no. Oh, uh, in Canadian's history. I actually said it on your podcast yesterday, Aaron, but there's only two defensemen in Canadian's history that have averaged more ice time. Who are those two defensemen? And one of them works for the team. I, I mean, I just gave it away right there. But Aaron, are you, are you? How do you rate his season? Because his under underlying numbers are terrible, but he looks good. He's making okay. intelligent decisions. I, how do you rate Gouli? Yeah. I am an one hundred percent eye test scouting guy, and then I use analytics to back up what I see. Because uh, I people like that. that do the opposite, they end up with things that are just absolutely far fetched. And there's analytical scouts out there that do a great job. But for me with Gooley, I've seen a guy that hasn't looked at a place on a first pairing in the NHL mm -hmm. paired with David Savard. So I think Savard is slowing him down. Not in a not in a learning way, because I think Savard is a good compliment just to teach him how to be an NHL player. Yeah. But I think he's been a good mentor, but there's there's yeah. a there's a skill disparity, right? Caden Gooley yeah. is a better really player than David Savard. Oh, okay. We and have the answers. I, I'm going to cut you off. We have the answers in the chat. Everybody got PK Subban. Yes, he was playing 22 minutes a night as a rookie. And then everyone guessed Bouillon, which was a good guess, but it was actually Stéphane Rabida who had the yeah. second most ice time as a rookie. And then you have, okay, you have Gouli right there. All of his points have been even strength. He's on pace to have the most even strength points as a rookie defenseman. Yeah. Like, he... If it wasn't for those underlying numbers, he'd be in the Calder conversation, right, Nicola? Like, you could make a legitimate argument, couldn't you? I mean, the thing about Gouli is, uh, as a prospect, uh, he's been mostly seen as this defensive defenseman. Mm -hmm. And I always thought that was wrong because he had these athletic abilities. And you see him every night. That outlet pass is just gorgeous. It's pinpoint precision all the time. And that's why he is racking up those points without power play time right now. I, I will say this until somebody stops me. Getting traded to Edmonton was the best thing to ever happen oh, to yeah. Gouli. Oh, yeah. Because they just stopped sheltering him. And he turned into that first-pairing yeah. guy in junior. If that had happened a year earlier, we'd be having a completely different conversation right now because he would be in that Calder conversation. Yeah. Because he was being forced to be a defensive defenseman that he wasn't actually supposed to be. I, I just make the argument that if this was 10 years ago and we didn't have natural statric, we'd be talking about the Calder a lot more honestly um okay the chat mentioned wst there is one bad aspect of tonight if you didn't see the montreal canadians kirby doc scores in the shootout nick suzuki i was actually watching the overtime with aaron we we're both on zoom and he was ahead of me and it's getting pretty easy to predict but i was like did he just do his sweet little move where he pulls him out and flips the puck over so that was great to see but the four on three in, in overtime was it had about the same charisma as a frozen bag of carrots. Like there, like there was something wrong with that power play. However, now that Matheson's there, I'm seeing a lot more movement overall in the power play because to me that was a big red flag. It's starting to look okay, isn't it, uh, Nicola? Well, 
Yes, but Madison's not a power play specialist either. I mean, there was a reason why the the, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't using him on the power play. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe the Panthers weren't either. Uh, in his career, he's been seldom used on the power play. Hmm. Uh, he's, really, he's really there right now for Montreal because they don't have any other options. I mean, they're using Jack Eye uh, on the second wave. Isn't that amazing? So, uh, Isn't that amazing? Arbor Jack Eye yeah. on your power play. <laughs> Yes. And I'll give it. I'll give it to Jack. I he's firing a lot of pucks at the net. I love his. Uh, I love his assertiveness yeah. on the point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there they're really just like stopgap options right now. Long term, you're going to be looking at Hudson, but I wouldn't re- read too much into like what Madison is doing on the power play because uh, in the big picture, he's not going to play there for for the Montreal. He's team. not. He's yeah, he's not the long term solution. But uh, that, so, yeah. which which rookie should be on the power play, Aaron? And there's only one good answer here. I'm only going to accept one yeah. answer. I'm just going to say Jonathan Kovacevic to piss you off. It's, yeah. it's yeah. Jordan. You know what? I, I no, he'd be no, no. Whoa, whoa. I love Jonathan Kovacevic, and I'm pretty much the president of his fan club. And I actually think you 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 include him in the future plans, but. I mean, if you have one guy you want to identify as a guy that can be a QB, uh, it's Jordan Harris, isn't it? Just his time in Northeastern, his second season there, he got, I think he led the league in defenseman power play points. Yeah. I would love to see Jordan Harris using the power play. I would just like to see him used. Do you, do you... Uh, does he really have a shot? No, no, he does not, but he can, but he can get the goalie moving. That's what I'm thinking yeah. about. Because yeah. the Canadians... I mean, remember with Weidman, there was no threat from the... Yeah, actually, you make a good point there because you still have to have a threat from the point. But at least you can move. I think so. At least you can move the puck, move the move goalie. The I'll give him that. He can move the puck laterally. He can move the, the goaltender and find passing lanes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like today in the NHL, you need to have both. You need to have the ability to uh, find the passing lanes and move the play laterally, but also have that threat for the, from the point so you can like break up the, the, the opposing team's uh, box. All right, the chat brings up, and I thought this was pretty funny because, you know, when uh, Dickinson took a little run at Slavkovsky there, and I actually agree that it wasn't a penalty, but that Jacki and Paper Dolls mentions this, Jacki essentially forced him off the ice. Uh, um, You know, just by being, not not being scared, but just that threat right there of having that rhino in front of you. Is he becoming quickly one of the scariest guys in the NHL, uh, Aaron? Uh, okay, scariest is Ryan Reeves, word, but yeah, well, Ryan Reeves, I, I think Tom Wilson's the scariest guy in the league oh, just yeah. because he has that mentality where even if he's bleeding on the ground, he won't stop punching. Mm-hmm. But Jack, I the one his first fight against that Cashin, he calculated it so well because he know he knew going in that Cashin was a very uh, impulsive fighter, mm-hmm. so he didn't get he didn't give time to calculate. He just went right in, and then he's had some less impressive fights. But just the way he thinks the game and he the way he thinks his fights is making him scarier. He's not just a goon; he's a smart fighter. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's one of the things that I he scouted that with Cassian, and he knew that Cassian liked to get his equipment off, so that's why he jumped on him right away. Uh, that that to me, you know, and another little story. When I was in Buffalo, Jack guy came up to me and he's like, "Hey, do you want to record a video?" And I was like, "Sure." And he's like, "Put it on your Twitter," because the last time we recorded a video together, um, it got a ton of views, and he knew that. He went and he saw the impressions, so he's like, "It got 150,000 views. I'd like another one." So he was doing brand awareness 
during the rookie tournament. And I thought that's a awareness off the ice. That's pretty impressive. Like the kid doesn't just steal souls. He's pretty darn smart. And it's been the best story. Well, it's cooled down a little bit, but to me, it's one of the best stories in the NHL this season. Nicola, is there a better story than what Jack I did? Like out of nowhere to become a, like he's Jack a mainstay. I, I, you don't take him out. I mean, Jack, I, I know him pretty well because I uh, interviewed the guy uh, last year when he was playing the OHL. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was telling my friends, this guy is going to play in the NHL maybe next year because he was just destroying kids as a 20. Uh, he was 21 year old at some point in the OHL. And he was telling me, Nicholas, I keep getting suspended because I'm playing with child right now and I can't control <laughs> my strength. Like, so, like a gorilla so, playing so with dolls? Just tossing them left and yeah, right. Yeah, it was like I just can't wait to get to the NHL because I'm just containing my strength and I cannot be myself on the ice right now. And I was I was hearing this and I was like, oh geez, I think <laughs> like, NHLers can, can start getting scared right now because you, you were seeing him in the OHL and he, and he, and he was uh, when he was dropping the gloves, he was winning. He was dominating fights against like six foot five demons out there oh, yeah. against six foot five enforcers in the OHL. He was, he was dominating them. Oh, God, it's so amazing. He was just, he's just a force out there. And what people I think didn't know about him because they is, figured, Oh, he could play hockey. He, he might be a loser is he has actually puck skills. That was me. He can pass the puck well, and he can, he, he can tank the game. So he's not just a bruiser. He's actually a guy that could legitimately be a poor defenseman for your team. And I'm one, I'm one of those guys, Aaron, real quick. Mia culpa. I'm one of those guys that's like, get him out of here. What's he doing? Like, he's just a, a tough guy. But I, I think no. he's proven it's not just his knuckles that are keeping him in the lineup. He's he's played well. Yeah. Aaron? Oh, oh you got no, me. Sorry. I was done. Oh, okay. Geez, sorry, because I interrupted all the time, so I want to see you. Okay, so yeah, we're going to let the chat talk about the final segment. I think they want to talk about Slavkovsky. We're going we're gonna to see here, because this is something I get asked a lot from people in um, his home country when they're, they're, they're staying up at night late to watch it. Obviously, it's a cool story. But what's going on with Slavkovsky's usage? Are you happy with it? Do you think it's stagnating a little? I'm of the opinion that, yes, I get it. You want to get more picks for Dadnov. You want to get more picks for Hoffman, but not at the detriment of Slavkovsky's usage. Aaron, how, how do you feel they should approach his usage from here on in? I mean, if, if your answers are Hoffman and Dadanov, I think you have to start looking elsewhere. Yeah. But, <laughs> look, he's playing the amount that he's – not that he's meant to play – that, he, that he's meant to play at this point because you've seen the way he's playing. He needs to get used to North American ice, which yeah. is why I think he should have started this season in Laval. At this point, really? I think it's better for him to be with Marty St. Louis. Oh. And I think it's better because I think he'd have a target on his back in Laval. But he's not ready to be logging 20 minutes when the instincts for North American ice aren't there yet. And he is learning. He's getting better. So, so Nicola, do you... Because they mentioned this in the chat, Andre. Do, do you send him to, to to the World Juniors? I mean, I would. I wouldn't hesitate. You do. You, you do. And it's funny because uh, some fans actually asked me today, Nicholas, why is Yuhai uh, not playing in Oval right now? And they're saying they're not de developing him right now because yeah. they're playing. Keep talking. Players. I'm going to go get my computer charger. I don't want the stream to die. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah sure. And, and what I would tell them is, why why wouldn't 
Martin St. Louis still be developing your high slab cost key. I mean, it, it, when we think about development, we also occurs away from the games. I am training. back. And I mean, slab cost key right now is, is getting some really, really useful experience because he's training with NHL guys. He's talking to NHL guys every day. He's talking to NHL trainers. He's seeing mm -hmm. the habits of NHL. and he's adapting to the NHL pace of play. So even though he's not getting like uh, 16 or 18 minutes a night, this is still a really useful development for him. So let's not think that only because he's not he's playing sporadically in the NHL, he's not developing. No, that's not true. He's still getting advice from Martin St. Louis. He's still getting yeah. NHL advice from NHL coaches. So that's something. And the, and the part of his game. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and the other thing is, I, I was going to say, is Slavkovsky also is starting to get some power play time. Yeah. yeah. And this is where he could get some confidence. Confidence is important if you can rack up a point or two, sometimes like a, a, a night or two on a power play. Well, that changes the outlook for him because you do need that confidence. And what were you yeah. going to say, Eric? Yeah, the part of his game that he needs to work the most on, apart from just North American ice instincts, is he needs to learn how to play away from the puck. And that's yeah. the hardest thing to learn when you're on the ice and you have the puck. So oh, yeah. sitting on the bench and having Reddington tell you, this is what you have to do. This is, that was a great play. That's doing so much more than it looks. Absolutely. And I mean, one Absolutely. thing, it's Adam Douglas too, being able to work with Adam Nicholas. No, sorry, Adam Nicholas. Adam Nicholas. That is, yeah. that is just gold for, for a guy like Slavkovsky. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, Absolutely. And and the thing is, the thing I love with this abs coaching staff too, is they're not like, uh over over coaching they're not like sending yeah. all these information and filling his head and confusing the the poor kid they're really 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 parsimonious with the advice they give and i think that's so important for rookies because yeah. mm -hmm. i mean you can lost your touch if you think about too many things on the ice okay so he gives maybe saying we gives a pointer or two after the game or like uh, during the week and that's enough and he focuses on that but not too much information all right, we're going quickly here because not only did I, the stream wasn't working at first, we had no audio. I almost lost my computer there. My I, I didn't plug in my battery. I'm doing great. I'm doing great today. We're going to talk one last thing. The chat seems to be talking about once you get rid of the veterans, which makes sense, then you'll have a little more ice time for Slavkovsky. Um, who do you see moving, Nicola? There's one guy I think you brought up in particular that you think is getting a little redundant for the Canadians, right? Well, Michael Pizzetta, I mean, you needed the team to be proud at some point because last yeah. year was brutal, and I feel like players weren't sticking up for themselves. So he brought that to the team. And mm -hmm. last year, it was important. I mean, freaking Motambo got run over, got ran over, and nobody did a thing. So Jack Eye took care of it finally. That's how long it yeah. took. Yeah, exactly. And you bring Jack Eye, those things matter, okay, for team chemistry. Oh, yeah. They're intangible, and you don't find them on a score sheet. I know that sounds old school, but those are humans and those thing matters. Yeah. And the thing is that got addressed by Jackeye this year. And once that got addressed by Jackeye, well, I, 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 I'm not going to say um, Pizzetta's useless. I mean, he's still like an honest player, but no. uh, he, he doesn't have the same utility that he did, that he had last year. So yeah. Uh, the thing is, I see guys like uh, a guy like Anthony Richard, who is completely leading the AHL in goals right now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he deserves a shot. Xavier Simono even is playing really well. I love well. Xavier Simono. 
NDAHL. So and Jesse alone has been in NHL ready for a year and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get, I'm going to do rapid fire. We're almost done. Um, yes, as Andrew reminds everyone, because I'm so great at this, smash the like button, subscribe, uh, do everything else. I will give you a virtual high five. Thank you for joining us. And we do this live after every game. Don't worry, next time I'll make sure my, my, my computer is plugged in, my audio is working. Let's do quick fire at the deadline. Because we're talking, we're seeing guys like Monahan score. He had two assists today. Uh, we're seeing guys like Josh Anderson should have had two goals today. Um, Dadunov is playing well, but he's not scoring. Dvorak puts in a few goals right there. So I'm going to go through the list of players. And you're going to tell me what they're going to get at the deadline. Let's start with Christian Dvorak, Aaron. Christian Dvorak, I think it's going to be similar to what uh, Ricard Raquel got at the deadline. So Ooh. decent prospect second round pick. Is that is that fair, Nika? Decent prospect second? I feel like that's expensive. Uh, I, I just have to look at his contract again. So still have, oh, okay, yeah. It's, it's $4 million, yeah, reasonable cap is not too much. Great on faceoffs, yeah, right? Great on faceoffs. Yeah, face yeah I think that's fair. Team, teams do love these uh these guys that are low maintenance, good yes, on faceoffs. Exactly. You play to put them on the PK. Okay, I still feel like that's expensive, but who knows? How about yeah, as Andre says, he's in it for the audio issues. Perfect. That's then you're you're in the right stream. What about Josh Anderson, and I'm going to start with you, Nicola. I, I honestly think if the Habs are going to move him, they're going to wait for a really decent asset, right? Well, it takes one. The thing is, yes, no matter. I know that the contract seems horrendous and all those things, but do not ever underestimate the love of the NHL GMs for big forwards. Oh, yeah. You cannot. They go by them. Yeah, yeah. Only one thing to be enamored about him. And they're going to pay a, a hefty price for him. So he's certainly tradable. Now, do the Canadians want to trade him? I don't know. Yeah. He, he has a huge presence on, uh, on this team. He has a huge voice. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they do want to trade him, but they might get an offer that is too good to pass him. Fair enough. And we're going to go with one last one. Sean Monaghan, what does he fetch here? I, I honestly think they're in the market. They're going to get probably close to a late first round pick Aaron is that is that honestly realistic here we're talking about that'll mean Ken Hughes okay. got two first round picks for this guy basically so I think that he's going to get a first round pick I'm not convinced it's going to be in 2023 because teams know how good this draft is going to be yeah but uh, at 24 or at 25 first I wouldn't be surprised and if it's like a really contending team maybe 23 but this is a draft that people want to keep their picks in yeah, and there's other centers in the market, right? There's going to be Bo Horvat. There's going to be um, Roslovich. Yeah. There's going to be Taves. There's going to be Max Dylan Domer. Larkin could very well be on the market. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be a little rough. But I think we can all agree, regardless, it should be a pretty interesting deadline for a team that's already looking good. Um, just the fact that they could end up with six first-rounders in, in three years is pretty darn exciting. Uh, and the chat doesn't love it that we're trading Anderson and, and Monaghan, but welcome to Game Over. I trade everyone after every game. <laughs> This is what I do. Jake Allen, I already traded him. He's gone. You know, like uh, it's 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 how we do things. We exaggerate. But for now, really, the Habs have been exciting. They've been fun. We're seeing Kirby Dak make a huge impact. It's been not just a fun season. It's smashed all expectations. And to me, this has just been a gift. It's house money this year. So I want to thank everyone in the chat. I want to thank both our guests. Nicolas, where can we find you? Uh, TVS Paul, uh, I write mostly about uh, prospects these days. So on uh, TVS Paul, point C, I can. Play. So you you might hear him talk about Monsieur Hudson that's playing for Boston University, and Boston University is tweeting in French. I mean, that's how they know 
how, how good this prospect is. They're they're going straight to the French market. Yeah, yeah, and Boston, like that's a big deal. Aaron, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Idovich. I'm posting my top 32 for the uh, 23 draft next week. Yeah, and then uh, hockeylatest.com and Dallas Stars for Dallas prospects. Hardworking, hardworking. All right. Thank you so much, everyone in the chat. We really appreciate that you came. Um, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to like. Come back for the next one. And in the meantime, I just want to say I love you all. Big, big fans of every single one of you. Salut tout le monde. Thank you to our both our guests, Aaron and Nicola. And we'll see you next time on Game Over. Game Over! Okay. Powered by Sports Interaction. Yeah.